Block Talk Radio. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. If you haven't gone over there already and liked us, go over there, like the the page on, on uh, Facebook. Again, that's facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Um, you know, we always got wrestling uh, talks going on over there, opinions, polls, and uh, each and every Monday night we do a, a Raw chat uh, while we're all watching uh, Monday Night Raw. So be sure to go check us out on Facebook. You can follow us. At the Ken Reedy Show on Twitter. So check us out on Twitter and the Ken Reedy Show dot com on Facebook. And we got some some big things going on. You go over to our uh, the Ken Reedy Show dot com website. Go over there right now. You check out that website. We got our brand new TV commercial is on there right now. So you can check out our our new TV show. Thank you very much, uh, cameraman Carlos. And we are happy that we are adding a brand new blogger. To the mix on the website so we got tony each and every week and i i should be blogging more so i got to get on that but uh we we've added the joan who is going to be blogging for us uh you know letting us know her thoughts on the world of professional wrestling she's got two blogs up there already so be sure to go over to the kenreedyshow.com and check out all we have to offer and this week you know, it's been a long time coming, but this week it's finally here. We are going to be moving to AM radio on Tuesday nights on Ironbound Radio. We're very excited going into that, that we're going to have Mike Johnson, one of the most respected wrestling journalists in the industry today, will be joining us on Tuesday night to give us uh, his take on the world of wrestling, hopefully give us some insider tidbits but that's on tuesday night at six o'clock on Ironbound radio it's 1640 if you're in the newark new jersey area so you can check us out there uh you can also check us out on the kenreedyshow.com on blog talk radio and i think it's going to be streaming on the ironbound.com website so 
Check all that out. Those are all the ways you can listen to us. But the phone number will stay the same, 347-838-9815 is the number to call. So you can call us in tonight and, of course, on Tuesday when we go to Blog Talk Radio. Sorry, we don't, we're on Blog Talk Radio. When we go to Ironbound Radio, AM Radio, coming out of Newark, New Jersey. So check us out on Ironbound 1640. As always... I have my tag team partner on the line. Dave, how are you doing this fine Sunday evening? This fine Sunday evening, Dave is doing well. I'm, re- I'm ready to rock and roll, talk some wrestling, road to WrestleMania season. Let's go. I'm a little excited because, you know, we're going to keep it brief because we, we here, you know, on this show, we, we can get a little, uh, you know, a little schmaltzy, I guess. Uh, but we just, again... Thanking everybody out there because it is my privilege to tell you all that for the month of February, I say this with a tear in my eye, 5,000 listens for the month of February. Unbelievable. Thank you guys for supporting us. Uh, Over 5,000 listens, our biggest month ever, Uh, and we actually took a week off in February, so... uh, very excited to go to 5,000-plus oh, 5, listens for the month of February, so supporting us, Dave. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's, uh, you know, it's just uh, not to get too schmaltzy, but it's it's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, with, with going into, uh, you know, AM radio on Tuesday, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice uh, – a, a nice way to uh, get things started over there, you know, by, by getting this news. So, uh, you know, thank you all, and, uh, you know, keep listening. Tell your friends about us. We are the best in pro wrestling talk every week, and we'll continue to provide the same entertainment, the same quality wrestling talk that we've had since we started a year ago. Hashtag humbled. I mean, we're going to get humbled. I wasn't going to go there, but thank you for it. I thought about it, but I really wasn't going to go there, but okay. (laughs) Hashtag humbled. (laughs) Trending worldwide. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, it's been such a cool run, and I, I you know, it's funny because you go into it and you, you do the show, and I was expecting a down month for February because we took, you know, we took Super Bowl Sunday off. Um, it's a shorter month, and uh, lo and behold, we wound up getting five thousand plus. So, so keep it coming, guys. Thank you so much, and uh, let's get into the wrestling talk. And, and before we get like into the the, the meat of everything, we want to hear from you. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. You know, it, it's been it was a tremendous week in pro wrestling, but I'd like to talk about something else that I've noticed going on on the internet, and and, you know, mainstream media would never give it the the attention, but I I kind of feel like Daniel Bryan has set a trend on on, uh, the internet or or over society for, uh, you know, his his rise to stardom over the past year, uh, being called Goatface, we Debuted on Super Bowl Sunday, we see the Doritos goat commercial, and now I don't know if all you guys know this. I know Dave, you weren't you weren't aware of what's going on, but there's a there's a trend on the internet of of people dubbing in goat noises to uh, different songs, and they're, they're uh, you know they're, they're plugging them in, and, and there are goats out there that can make very human like you know I, I I'm talking about it and and. If you haven't heard it yet, this, I'm going to play a 20, it's about a 20 second clip of uh, Taylor Swift with, with a goat helping her out. 
you guys are unbelievable. You know, I, I had heard. I, I'm getting reports that it may have been a little low. So let, let's hear it one more time. Gonna gonna boost the volume a little bit. <laughs> we should we should play that clip when a phone call really goes bad, like you're playing, like. <laughs> I just know right now it, it, when I'm having a bad day, I actually just I pull up that video on my my iPhone and I just watch it, and I, I it always puts a smile on my face. I, it's too funny. That is an actual goat making that screaming noise uh, during the Taylor Swift song. So. I'm I'm kind of curious, Dave. I mean, we talk about, you know, mainstream media and stuff that goes on and, and everything that Daniel Bryan has done and, and the, the beard and the goat face. And, you know, I, I have a hard time thinking that this is purely coincidental. I think Daniel Bryan, a.k.a. Goat Face, has been a trendsetter this year. Yeah, I, I don't uh, – yeah, I mean, come on. The Doritos commercial, the guy in the commercial had, like, a beard similar to Daniel Bryan's. I mean, come on. Really? He, somebody was watching something, you know, somebody was working for Doritos or whoever was watching wrestling, and they saw and it caught on. I mean, it, I, I Daniel Bryan definitely influenced that, that Doritos commercial, and in the funny thing is, I'm really surprised that the WWE didn't capitalize on, like, doing something with Doritos, like some sort of partnership, you know, or maybe spot, like Doritos sponsoring WrestleMania or something, you know, or maybe Kane coming out with a bag of Doritos, you know, in one hand and the tag team belt in the other, you know, just to kind of, you know, bring up the point that, you know, that, that this goat face phenomenon has hit the mainstream media, but for whatever reason, I mean, it, it, it's now it's moved on to you know Taylor Swift and you know uh, ho- hopefully hopefully you know we we, we get a you know, one of those uh, goat you know noises in a Justin Bieber song or something you know so we don't have to listen to him but uh, yeah no I think it was totally influenced by Daniel Bryan and the uh, the, the the goat face trend that uh, CM Punk started. Yeah, you're right. So I, I I mean it's funny I don't know where it came from. Who knows? Maybe we'll go into WrestleMania and we'll we'll have uh, you know. Kane walk on or one of those uh you know times that they have uh you know they have those those uh, vignettes backstage uh maybe we have something where uh you know someone's eating a bag of Doritos and they reference the goat face who knows but I, I you know what would be cool would say you know you know it'd be really cool do you remember WrestleMania 9 with Bobby Heenan came back came out backwards on a camel what if they had Daniel Bryan? What if they had Daniel Bryan like come out backwards on a goat like down the ramp for his match? It's like a takeoff from what Bobby Heenan did and the fact that he's the goat face. I think that'd be pretty cool. I, I like that idea. I think you know if you're listening in Stanford, that's that would be awesome. I'm just picturing it in my head: Daniel Bryan coming down for his WrestleMania match on a goat. That would be awesome. But let's backwards. get into it. Let's, let's get into it. We 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 got a little silly to start off, but. You know, and again, give us a call, 347-838-9815. You guys want to call in, you want to talk TNA, you want to call, you know, ROH, NWA, whatever you guys want to talk about, obviously, we we let the callers call in and, 
and, you know, talk about what they want. But, you know, this is going to be a pretty WWE-heavy show because, holy cow, interesting, you know, we throw a lot of different things on the Facebook, and we had on last week, we put on, uh, give us your show of the week. And it was Raw, Raw Impact, SmackDown, or NWA on Fire. We didn't get a, a ton of feedback, but the feedback we got, NWA on Fire actually won the poll. And I, I think what was staggering about that, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think we put a very good product out. But for it to be WrestleMania season, and and the, the first Raw right after Elimination Chamber, really supposed to be going into WrestleMania season, um, for another program to win uh, program of the week was was kind of eye-opening. And, and I was one of the I, – I thought that Raw was not good at all. Holy cow, kudos to the WWE because whatever they were lacking uh, the week before, wherever they were missing the boat, where they kicked it into high gear this past Monday night – not only was this Raw a great Raw, I would put this Raw up against uh, a lot of pay-per-views. And they they just blow the doors off to start Monday Night Raw with the whole Heyman, Vince McMahon, Brock Lesnar, Triple H thing. I thought it was unbelievable. And, you know, not to, co- to coin a phrase that we've gotten, we've talked about on the Raw thread on the Facebook, living room pop. Um, that's when you get off your off your couch and you start cheering what you're watching on TV. Uh, big living room pop, great way to start off raw, and it just you felt like they just grabbed you by the cojones and were like, yes, it is WrestleMania season. Get ready, we are off and running. What did you think about the beginning of Raw? Oh, I thought it was awesome. It really set the tone for for the rest of the show. Um, with that unpredictability. I mean, for the most part, a lot of fans, you know, kind of had an idea that Lesnar was going to appear, and then eventually Triple H was going to appear. Considering that The Rock was not um, advertised to appear at Raw on Monday, he was off filming his uh, the, the new reality television show he was doing called Heroes. Um, so they really needed to kind of beef up the star power a little bit, and they did it great in the first segment. I mean, and, you know, they, they picked up right where they left off with the storyline with Triple H and Brock Lesnar. To be honest, you know, I was looking forward to their match at SummerSlam. The buildup wasn't bad. It was the first time they ever wrestled. When it came down to it at SummerSlam, I'm not saying it was a terrible match, but I was not. it was nothing to write home about. I wasn't thrilled with it. It came off kind of boring to me at times. I was kind of sitting there wondering when the match was going to end. But Monday night, man, after they beat the piss out of each other and, you know, Lesnar was busted open and, you know, Triple H looked, you know, he looked pretty, you know, pretty good, you know, very intense, you know. They, like I said, they picked up everything they left off. I, you know, I heard rumors of a rematch for WrestleMania, and I thought, well, you know, they better do something to make the rematch better than the first one because I didn't really care for the first one. Well, they definitely intensified the, the, the brawl. I'll even go as far as to say that brawl on Monday night between the two of them was better than just about anything the two of them did in that first initial run with their feud last year. It was that intense that, like, I mean, and it, and you know what? Kudos to Dallas, Texas, the crowd there. 
and we'll get into them later, but I just want to briefly touch on the fact that Dallas, Texas has always had passionate crowds. I mean, you go back and you watch world-class championship wrestling, you know, the Sportatorium, and then, you know, later on in the uh, the, the, the big Dallas arena, those crowds are hot in Dallas. They're, they're a good wrestling town. Uh, I remember when first when Lesnar came out, there were two girls in the front row. They were jumping up and down. And then the second Hunter came out, you would have thought one of them almost fell over the guardrail into the ringside area. I mean, they, everybody was into it. It was just a good way to set up Raw and a really good way to set up a potential WrestleMania match between the two of them, which more or less is probably going to happen. Um, overall, I can't say anything bad about the segment. I thought it was great. And the Vincent Heyman stuff, it didn't drag on either. I was afraid that part was going to drag on because Vince just had hip surgery. He's almost, you know, He's almost near 70, and Paul Heyman's not athletically gifted, so I, I was hoping that that wasn't going to be too long, and, uh, you know, thank God it wasn't, because I, I was afraid that, you know, that was going to kind of put me to sleep, but other than that, that whole segment just, it, it, it hit on all cylinders. I thought, I, yeah, I mean, and and it, it goes to, to storytelling, and, and you wonder, you know, it's fun. you don't know what goes on in, in the offices, and you don't know when the storyline was written out, uh, how they saw it progressing. Uh, but if you go all the way back now, and I agree with you, I didn't think their match was great. Uh, but looking back now, everything just worked. You know, now now it gave the storyline uh, some history. You know, when Triple H showed up, it wasn't just Triple H, you know, that typical wrestling Hey, yeah, someone's got to come in and and save somebody. Uh, there was there was a history to that. There was there was a, a a reason not only just to protect his father-in-law, but to uh, you know he had his own beef. Uh, I thought it was yeah. I thought the Vince McMahon Heyman thing was great. What they did, uh, I like the fact that Heyman got to a point where you saw something from Heyman that Heyman was a guy that. You know, admittedly, you know, lied to everybody. Uh, he's a guy that would weasel his way out of anything he could. And it was almost, again, with the storytelling aspect, it was that Heyman became an animal backed into a corner. Uh, so all weaseling, all lying, cheating, whatever he was going to do didn't work. He was in that ring, and then at that moment it was, you know what? I'm here, and I'm going to do whatever I can to kick your ass. And he went after him. And, and it, it, just that aspect of it, uh, coupled with the fact that, that Vince is coming off the uh, hip surgery, so it just added this, this real evil feel to Paul Heyman, uh, you know, going after a guy on, uh, on crutches who just had hip surgery. And, then, and, again, like you said, they don't let it go too long. A uh, couple of... Uh, Crutch shots uh, with with the two of them. Uh, you know, Vince McMahon kind of gets the upper hand, and then Lesnar's music starts. Uh, Lesnar comes down to the ring, and then you know when Triple H's music hits. And again, this comes from like the the aspect of, of storytelling. We have basically only seen Triple H in a suit and tie for a a, a, ch a long chunk of time, and it just kind of the music hit and you saw him and it was just that that's not 
executive Triple H. That's the game. The game is back. And, and you know, and it's part of that whole confrontation was not PG at all. At one point, I think the camera caught Triple H uh, yelling mother effer. Um, and it was it, it was one of those things that when it comes to wrestling, and we've talked about it, and I always feel like when we talk about this aspect of wrestling, we come off as sounding really barbaric. And it's not that, but it it, it tells to the storytelling and, and what and how important that is. When you put everything together and you put in Lesnar, you know, like Triple H and, and Brock Lesnar, and Lesnar attacked this man and broke his arm twice. Lesnar attacked this man's father-in-law, you know, and, and all that pent-up rage, if that happened in real life, that's what the blood aspect of wrestling adds to a storyline, because that, in that instant, and I know when you watch it, that was not intentional, but when you see Lesnar opened up like that, it was just kind of this, this man, this man who has just taken enough from, from essentially this bully had just come out, and he's just going to unleash hell on him and just opened him up. It was violent. It was brutal. It just came off as, as a family man coming down to, to kick someone's ass, and the blood just added to it. And I, I just was I, – I was just pumped. It just became this within the first I, – I can't even tell you because it almost felt like it was like five minutes because it went by so fast because I enjoyed it so much, but – Whatever it was, the first 20 minutes of Raw, I, I was I was firmly entrenched in the storyline and something that became very obvious a long time ago that we were speculating for a chunk of time that we were going to see Lesnar, Triple H at WrestleMania. And it was just kind of, all right, well, they're going to set this up sooner or later. And it went from a ho-hum, who cares, to... I can't wait to see what these two guys do to each other at WrestleMania. I can't wait to see what happens in the upcoming Monday Night Raws. I can't wait to see, are they going to add a stipulation? Are we going to see a, a street fight or a no DQ? Or are we going to see another Hell in a Cell match? I mean, all these things, all of a sudden, I am excited about Triple H, Brock Lesnar, and I wasn't even at even a little bit excited about the rematch. So kudos to every aspect of what they did, uh, from the storytelling to the violence to everything. I, I just thought it, it was absolutely tremendous. And, and Dave, you know, I, I'm excited now. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to the match at WrestleMania. We would assume that that's the direction they're going. Yeah, yeah, I would assume as well. I mean, it was advertised, I guess, on uh, on SmackDown Friday that Triple H will be at Monday's Raw, the old school, uh, with the old school Monday Night Raw theme. Um, Lesnar is not advertised to be there, um, as far as I know. He's got, obviously he's got limited dates in his contract, so they they kind of spread him out. He will not be at Raw Monday, but I'm assuming you got to figure Triple H will probably throw the challenge out there for some kind of match with Lesnar at WrestleMania on uh, Monday's Raw. Um, I've been, I've heard some, you know, I've, not rumors, but some fans on online have suggested, you know, Hunter and uh, Lesnar and like, like a street fighter of sorts. I've even heard, like you said, Hell in the Cell. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool to put the two of them in Hell in the Cell. Another factor that comes into play with this storyline now is last summer when Lesnar not only broke Triple H's arm, but he also broke Shawn Michaels' arm. 
will we see Shawn Michaels maybe come back and come to Raw or, you know, make an appearance on on, on an upcoming Raw or maybe even make an appearance at WrestleMania and, and, and be in Triple H's corner like he was supposed to be at SummerSlam. Um, so that's something that's, uh, that, that, that's worth, uh, you know, speculating on too. Um, between you know between the the actual match and then the the outside stuff, because you know Heyman's going to be involved, um, so I would assume that you know Hunter will have some sort of backup, uh, and maybe you know considering Shawn Michaels has a legitimate reason to uh, to come back just for you know even if it's just for one night, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, like I said, Michaels either advertised to appear on Raw to pop a rating or. Make a surprise appearance at WrestleMania, Some, but somehow I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of outside factors that are going into this match with stipulation and other guys involved. It should be an exciting match, um, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to see you know to, to seeing the two of them go at it now more I mean, way more than I did last year. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm I'm kind of curious like. My opinion, I, I would like it to to be mano y mano in, in some way, shape, or form. Even if they ban Heyman from ringside, and if they bring Michaels back, I, would, I get it. Like a ratings pop, and it's WrestleMania season. I would almost love to see him come back for Lesnar to kill him, and, and just be like, "This is what you get, Triple H, for for doing what you did." Uh, just to kind of add, I I, I just kind of want to see it. Like you know, Michaels, it was shared. Like, I, I just want Triple H to just kind of have his, his moment. I mean, not that he hasn't had his moments, but, you know, like, it, it's interesting. And, and again, I, I just recently watched WrestleMania from last year, and I love the match, and I get it why Michaels was involved last year in, in the Hell in a Cell match. Um, and for nothing else, I will concede that the spot of the super kick into the pedigree was probably the moment of, of the match, which is why you kind of had to have Michaels involved. Um, I, I found Michaels distracting at times uh, as as the ref when I watched it on TV. Not so much when I uh, was there live, but when I watched it on on DVD, I kind of found him a little distracting. And I kind of, you know, it seems like every time Triple H is kind of getting involved with something, the past few years, like Michaels is is there, and you know he's he's been involved in some way. I I would like to see this in some way. You know, yeah, bring bring Shawn Michaels back, have him have his his moment or something, and maybe, you know, you start off raw where you know Triple H is not there. Uh, he's He's got business in Stanford or something, and, uh, you know, just have, have Lesnar have just an absolute temper tantrum on uh, on Shawn Michaels to kind of add to the, the storyline. That's kind of how I would look at it, but I could, I could see that. I, I, I would agree with you, though. I would think in some way, shape, or form, we're probably going to see uh, – Michael's back. Maybe he cautions Triple H again. You know, no, don't do this. You know, you don't want to get in the ring with him. But well, here's the other. Here's the other thing too about that with Michaels. You know, last year, you know, Michaels was you know heavily involved in that end of an era storyline, which it made sense with his history with both Hunter and the Undertaker. And part of that storyline, you know, not just the fact that he was the referee. You know, in fact, if anything, they should have focused more on the fact that he was the referee. You know, but they focused on. Who's better, him or Hunter? And it seemed to like you know, they seem to have left that that story kind of sit still. And maybe if they brought Michaels back, and they kind of brought that up again about who's better between Hunter and Mike. I mean, there was rumors as of 
the night after WrestleMania, there was talk of announcing the the WrestleMania 29 main event or one of the big matches between Triple H and Shawn Michaels for the following night on Raw. Obviously, they didn't do that. There was talk of bringing Michaels back for one more with Hunter. I think he's pretty content of being retired and, and enjoying, you know, his, his his retired life. Whatever he does, he he's a hunt, an avid hunter, and he makes you know appearances for WWE every now and then. But I would not be surprised if they kind of brought that aspect back into the storyline. I don't think that needs it, but I think for some reason, you know, they want to use Michaels, and, he, and he's a name, so it's going to help, you know, during WrestleMania season. But, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Michaels is back, for, you know, for Raw and maybe even to be in Hunter's Corner, and then who knows, maybe it sets up the two of them next year at WrestleMania. But that's too far to begin with. we got enough to talk about. Yeah, we're already, we're already booking next year's WrestleMania. But, yeah, I, I, I would agree, though. I think that they're going to bring him back in some way, shape, or form. I, I just hope it's not as as much of a distraction. And I agree with you. Last year, like Michaels was firmly entrenched in that storyline. Uh, right now, I mean, I know that Lesnar went went after Michaels and broke his arm, but to me it's like the storyline is, I mean, he's he's tied to it, but I feel like when when I look at the storyline and like I said in in when we started this conversation, like I I just feel like it's Triple H and and his family. You messed with me, you mess with my family. And I, I agree, I don't think it's necessarily needed, but I I would all but guarantee they're going to bring Michaels back in some way, shape, or form uh, to help facilitate this storyline. What do you guys think? You want to see Michaels back in this storyline? You want to see Triple H, uh, Brock Lesnar, Manu Imano? What kind of stipulations you want? We are firmly in. The WrestleMania season, the road to WrestleMania, got kicked into high gear Monday night, and we want to hear from you. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're going to take a short break, and after the break, we're going to get right to your calls. The word is spreading. More and more people are switching to Ambit Energy. Well, one of my neighbors switched, and then I switched. Now the whole neighborhood has Ambit. Who doesn't want to save money? The word is spreading. Switching to Ambit Energy is rewarding in more ways than one. I signed up and got a travel reward. That's nice. Oh, I get to save on energy and on travel? There's a cruise for two out there just a few thousand kilowatts away. I can almost smell the sunscreen. The word is spreading. Ambit Energy even lets you earn free energy. When I get 15 friends to switch, I get free energy. I have 15 friends. At least I think I do. Hey, I'd be telling people to switch to Ambit anyway. If you'd like to switch to Ambit Energy, listen to the following contact information closely. Then spread the word. Joe Miller is an Ambit Energy independent consultant. If you want to upgrade or be a consultant, visit his website at mainline.joinambit.com. That's mainline.joinambit.com. Ambit is available in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Texas, and California. So be sure to check them out. We're back with the Wrestling Talk. Thank you guys for tuning in, and we're going to go right out to the phones, and we're going to start with our pal, Tony. Tony, are you there? Yep. <laughs> of course I'm here. How you doing, buddy? Good. Uh, yeah, so, uh, well, 
So what do you yeah, think, was... man? What do you think of the, the beginning of Raw, Triple H, Brock Lesnar, Blood, the whole nine? What 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 do you think? Oh, I thought it was. You know, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great way to start the show. It was, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I I knew that the you know the, the whole Vince Heyman fight or whatever. I mean, I I, I knew it was going to start the build to Triple H Lesnar for WrestleMania. So you know, I mean, I, I knew they were going to do. That, but you know, but, but that means you know, it was still really awesome. You know, so, uh, it was a hell of a brawl. You know, even you know, like when when um, I saw the blood coming down from Lesnar's head, I was just like, whoa, you know, because it, it was like, okay, I don't. He, uh, you know, got busted. He, my God, he freaking bled. He freaking bled there. I yeah, it's funny, man. I mean, that's a thing that, and, and you know, I know it's unintentional, but I yeah. do find that that uh, you know, part of like Lesnar's. Uh, Entertainment value is the fact that he's so, you know, I know he, he he was in the WWE a while back and he knew what he was doing, but it seems like since he came back, he's so rough around the edges that you just, there's that like real danger factor that kind of keeps you on the edge of your seats. And, uh, you know, at Extreme Rules, he opened up John Cena and, and this time, uh, yeah, he really clocked the back of his head on, on that post, but like I said earlier, you know, I, I thought that really added to the the violence. And uh, uh, Tony, are you looking forward to these two going at it at WrestleMania? That uh, after seeing on Monday, yeah, actually I am. You know, I mean, whether it be like a street fight or you know, like a false count anywhere, I don't know. I mean, uh, or Hell in a Cell or whatever they do. I mean, the, the match should be, you know, it's probably good. I mean, it's probably going to be like a you know, like a plunder fest or whatever. But it should still be really, it should be really fun to watch. You know, as for like if Shawn Michaels coming in, I mean, I don't. Uh, I could see. I don't know. Maybe I could see him coming in like on a couple of uh, like on a on a raw, like on an episode of Raw. Maybe I don't know. Like I said, I, um, maybe you know. Like I said, maybe having him at ringside would be kind of a little distracting. But uh, you know, so, um, you what know, do you think? What do you think as far as uh, where they might go as far as a stipulation? Uh, if if you were booking it, you're going to book uh, Lesnar Triple H at WrestleMania. You're going to let him just go uh, normal wrestling match. or You're going to add a stipulation. Uh, I, well, since it's supposed to be like a big, you know, like a big feud or whatever, you know, I I, I probably have some kind of like a stipulation, you know, just like making like a like a false count anywhere, false count anywhere, or street fight or whatever, you know, just let the you know just like let the pro all around the building. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I didn't think of a false count anywhere match. Dave, what, what would you add if you if you could give it a stipulation? To be honest with you, um, I really don't know. I mean. The Hell in the Cell would be cool, but they did it last year. Um, I'm afraid it would. Uh, I'm afraid if they did Hell in the Cell, it wouldn't be as obviously it wouldn't be as good as last year. Uh, I'm thinking of, and they just did two last man standing matches with Del Rio and Big Show. Um, the only thing I'm thinking of that they could do that could that that would be interesting is maybe an I Quit match uh, between the two of them. But the problem is that they built Lesnar up to be this monster that. Nobody could believe that he would say, I quit. So it would be some sort of, you know, no holds barred, no disqualification, you know, kind of match. You know, and we, you know, not to touch on Shawn Michaels again, but if they wanted to, you know, involve him somehow but not be distracting of sorts, um, you know, maybe there's a point in the, in, the, in the no disqualification or street fight or whatever where the two of them are just beating the crap out of each other. And uh, Lesnar eventually, you know, basically dominates Hunter throughout most of the match. And we know Heyman's still got allegiances to the Shield. 
maybe Michaels can do a quick run and then just super kick Lesnar and then just kind of bolt and leave. You know, you got your Shawn Michaels moment. You put him on WrestleMania, boom, he's there, you know. Um, kind of get his little revenge back on Lesnar. It, it, there's going to be some disqualification, you know, no disqualification kind of a concept, you know, stipulation involved, but because um, they, they, they would have to, considering the, the way the first match was booked. It was just a straight-up wrestling match. It wasn't advertised as a no disqualification match, but if I remember correctly, Triple H had told the referee before the match not to ring the bell if there was a DQ, just kind of let them go at it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really don't know, to be honest with you. I, I hope that there's some stipulation involved, um, and it's just not a straight-up one-on-one regular match. Uh, but you also got to figure it, too, if The Undertaker and CM Punk are going to face each other at WrestleMania, and considering the condition that The Undertaker is apparently in uh, with injuries, you would have to figure that their match is going to have some sort of no-disqualification you know, uh, stipulation to it as well. So, you can't. You, you don't want to overload the card with you know two no DQ, no holds barred street fight kind of matches because it just wouldn't make sense. Well, you know it's it's interesting, and I'm curious like what you think of this, Tony. But Dave, you brought up an I Quit match. What if since since we're, we're just gonna, we're going to book like until WrestleMania 40? Um, but <laughs> if, if if it was an I Quit match and you had like an all out brawl. Uh, you know, a, a, a match that satisfies uh, our need for violence because we're all mentally damaged. And so it's a good, violent match. Michaels sticks his nose in, and Brock Lesnar just is, is killing him. Just, just, you know, breaks his arm again, whatever. And Triple H quits to save Michaels. And then the setup is you're always getting yourself involved in my matches, you know. I didn't, and and then they they lead up to, you know, WrestleMania 30, Michaels, one match out of retirement because Triple H wants one last match, and you have Shawn Michaels versus Triple H at WrestleMania 30. Whoa. Um. I don't know. The only thing, like I said, the only thing, like I said, Michaels is, you know, like I say, he's so far the only guy who's actually lost a retirement match and hasn't had a match, you know, and hasn't come back 500 times yet. So it's, um, but good I don't point know. too. Yeah, but um, I mean, I think it could be good, but you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like to see Michaels be like be like the one guy who actually, you know, like says he's retired and then you know, like, you know, and that's you know, like. Couple, you know, the few years ago is pretty much it. You know, it's like you know, I'm not you because know, you know, it's like you know, every time a guy retires, there's always the I was like, okay, one more match and then another match and then it's so I don't know. I mean, I, it's a good idea. You know, I, I think it's a cool idea. You know, if they if they did that, but um, yeah, like I say, if, I mean, you know, Michael would have to have another match after uh, you know, supposedly having his career ended. Well, it's funny because the only th- I've always thought that with Michaels, and I do, and I agree with you. I respect the, the hell out of Michaels for staying retired. I've always kind of thought though that he would stay retired unless it, his best friend said, you know, I want my last match to be against you, and that's that's where I could see him coming out of retirement. But uh, who knows? It's fun to, to fantasy book, but uh, personally, I, I I think between the two of them, as far as stipulations go, I, I think I would just want to see a street fight. 
especially with what I saw uh, the other night. Like, I, I kind of want to see Triple H come down to the ring, uh, you know, in his jeans, preferably without a wet spot, but uh, with his jeans and T-shirt and uh, just kind of have a, a street fight. And you know, like you're saying, Tony, have it go on, like, all over the place. But uh, that would be the official stipulation would be a, a street fight. Anything else uh, strike your fancy this week, Tony? Boy, uh, the main of the end of Raw, Cena, uh, Punk, but that was like, oh my god, that 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 was off the charts, awesome. That you know, that match was like one of the best uh, main events of a Raw I've seen in I don't know how long. I mean, uh, that was just, uh, like I said, that was, that was just that was really a pay per view quality match. I thought, I thought it was unbelievable. We're gonna we're gonna really delve into that a little later in the show, but uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean that, and, and it, it's funny. Like I. I at this point, I, I would go out and honestly, if you give me uh, some interview segments of like the two of them talking about each other and, and uh, a mess of their matches, uh, yeah, I, I'd go buy a, a Cena Punk DVD in a heartbeat. Yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be actually a cool DVD to get that you know to get. Or, I mean, especially with like two guys know. who uh, I mean, talk, you, you you can't really look much opposite. Than the way those two guys look, uh, they they have an in ring chemistry that's just uh, it's pretty amazing. And uh, you know, collection of their matches with uh, them talking about each other. Um, you know, maybe maybe even add a you know like a Michaels Triple H kind of thing, and Michaels Triple H, Michaels uh, Bret Hart thing, like where you have uh, Jr. sit down with the two of them. Uh, I don't know, it could make for an interesting DVD. Um, Tony, as always, thanks for the call. We're going to get to our other callers. Uh, Tony is our expert blogger, the best blogger in the business. Blogs on all our TV shows, uh, Monday Night Raw, Impact, SmackDown. So be sure to go to thekenreedyshow.com and check out Tony's blogs. Uh, Tony, uh, you know, I was going to say we're going to hear from you next Sunday, but uh, hopefully we hear from you on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be going. It's the same number, right? Yep, same number we'll be on, and, uh, you know, we start at the same time, just so it'll be an hour instead of two hours, so give us a call. On Tuesday, thanks so much for giving us a buzz, and we'll talk to you real soon. Yep, and looking forward to a Tuesday. Good night for you. Thanks a lot. No problem, man. And there you have it, old Tony's, uh, yeah, I mean, that main event was was awesome, but uh, we're going to delve into that a little bit later, kind of hitting the uh, whole Triple H... uh, Lesnar uh, confrontation that grabbed us by the cojones to start off Monday Night Raw, and we're going to go back out to the phones because we got Mr. Trivia on the line. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Yeah, hey, how you doing, guys? Doing all right. How you doing? Good. Uh, Dave, you just uh, hit the point that I was going to call in on about the uh, Brock Lesnar Triple H uh, scenario. I was kind of hoping it would, you know, they'd go with an I Quit match as well, only because, uh, like you said, Dave, um, you know, with, with um, Brock Lesnar being this monster-type wrestler, you know, nobody could see him say, I quit. But another thing I was thinking about, too, was when Triple H and Paul Heyman had this little thing going on about their first match, and then all of a sudden Triple H comes out and says, well, you know, Brock Lesnar just took his ball and quit. That's where I was thinking maybe the I quit match might come in. No, that's uh, a good point um, that I didn't even think about, Mr. Trivia. I get kicked. Barry Horowitz, pat on the back to yourself. You should, you should, you know, congratulations. I, I didn't even think, honestly, I didn't even think about that. Well, that, a pat that, on the back is only 18 inches away from a kick in the ass, so, I mean, it's one of those <laughs> things where. Uh, that is a good point, though. I like that. 
Thank you. Uh, again, last night, uh, last Monday, the Raw chat, you know, like you said, the first 20 minutes of Raw was off the hook. I'd have to say in the start of 2013, that has gone down as one of the best Monday Night Raws, I believe, that we've ever witnessed. It was awesome. And John Cena, CM Punk, even though it was the match was held in February of 2013, last Monday, it's it's got to be my shot for match of the year already. Yeah, I, mean, I would agree with you. I mean, you, you got to see where the year goes. But uh, yeah, I think we're going to be definitely talking about that match. I mean, it, it was tremendous. And it's amazing because these guys keep getting in the ring together, and, and they keep doing it. Um, yeah, I, I was so impressed with, with what those two guys did on Monday night. And uh, uh, it's funny because I'd almost like to fast forward to December of this year and see, uh, you know, if, if we're still talking about uh, – Seen a punk match of the year. It's gonna it's it's gonna be a tough one to top. Yeah, that's uh, really true. Hey guys, let me get the, your opinion. Uh, each one is on, for an opinion. Let's just say, let's go back uh, way back when when they used to have all the old school matches with stipulations and everything. And if this was Brock Lesnar Triple H back then, what kind of like we're talking maybe seventies eighties? If you, if these two guys took their game to the next level back in those days when they had this certain stipulations, what kind of stipulation would you like to see these two guys go at at WrestleMania? No. I was thinking maybe like when they used to have the Texas death match or the Texas bull rope match, you know, something like that. What kind of stipulation would you like to see of an old school type? How'd you take that Dave to start? Um, well, if you're if you're going in, you know, time periods, you know, certain certain eras, like you said, seventies or eighties. I mean, there wasn't a hell in the cell back then, so I probably would have wanted back then. Probably would have wanted to see them inside of a steel cage because cage matches back then were the end all be all when it came to you know ending a rivalry, um, and those were considered at the time the most dangerous matches, um, you know, of that time. Obviously, hell in the cell and elimination chamber. Have have made a cage match look like a regular one-on-one wrestling singles match these days. But most likely, I'd probably and and I could even go as far as pick the venue. I'd want to see the two of them inside of a steel cage in Madison Square Garden, because when I think of cage matches, I just think of Madison Square Garden because they've held so many of them. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say a, a steel cage match between the two. No referee. It's either over the top of the cage or through the door. Yeah, I mean, that's a yeah. good call. I mean, it's funny when you look at, like, when you, you know, Mr. Trivia, we talk about old school. I mean, one of the things I loved about the old school, old school style is I do think that those guys were, as a whole, uh, better storytellers than we see uh, nowadays. And the funny thing is that I don't know if you'd need a stip back in the day, Um the one thing about blow-off matches is that you, you do want to see a little bit of the juice. You know, you want a little bit of blood in that to really show, like, this is this is it. So I think, uh, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. Like, you're going to do Cage, you're going to do it in Madison Square Garden. Uh, that's the place. Uh, if we're going to, like, say we have to add a step to it, um, either Cage or, uh, you know, one of my favorite matches is uh, going back uh, – you know, Roddy Piper and uh, Valentine in the dog collar match. Um, these two guys, the, the size of Lesnar and, and Triple H, to, to be locked up by a, a dog collar to see what these two guys would do. 
uh, with something like that. Um, that would be pretty amazing to watch those two guys go. But, uh, again, one yeah, of the things exactly. that I loved years ago was I, I don't think you needed it. Uh, you know, a couple spots in the match where uh, the ref has his back turned and you get a, a couple chair shots out of the way. You get both guys opened up and, and you just show that uh, with the storytelling, the uh, the vehement hatred between the two of them and, uh, you know, tell the story. So uh, back in the day, you might not need the stip, but if if you would, just to, just to be different than Dave, uh, I, I'll go with the dog collar. That's, that's, that's yeah, that's, um, that would be a good one. And, you know, Ken, the other day, I have, uh, last week, rather, I happened to be watching, uh, you know, one of your one of your favorites, because we all know how you feel about The Miz. <laughs> um, we just ha- I was just happened to be watching that match, and the first thing I thought of was you when Antonio Cesaro submitted to the figure four. And it was like, oh, Ken must be rolling around laughing because, you know, first first time Miz tried it, he messed it up. And, you know, and then when he puts it on him again, he just he just taps out. And it's like, oh, man, I said, Ken must be must be rolling or something, you know? Yeah, you know, it's it's weird. Like, and I don't know what they're doing. And, and try to try to be objective and not, not bash Miz or whatever. But I don't know what they're doing here. It's it's like when, when the title's on the line, Miz loses. And when it's a non-title matchup, he seems to win. And I, I don't understand like what they're they're doing here. And even after the pay-per-view, it's like Miz gets retribution. It's like who cares? Like why'd you have a non-title matchup? But it just I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with this whole thing. I don't, I still don't like the figure four because if you watch, I mean, if you watch uh, Flair back in the day, Flair worked on the legs. He went to work on them. That was like gave the match kind of purpose, and then he'd slap the figure four leg lock on. Whenever Miz uses the figure four, it's, you know, it, he usually he's not really working on the leg and then tries to slap it on out of nowhere. And for a hold like that, I don't think that really works. It, it's just, it, I don't know, it's just his use of the figure four is kind of disjointed. And then, and I love Cesaro, and I think as far as Miz goes, I don't see Miz as a main eventer. So I think this is a good spot for him to be in. Uh, going right. after the U.S. title, but I, I don't know what they're doing. Like every time, the, it's almost like setting up Miz as your choker. Like they're basically making Miz a choke artist because when the title's on the line, he can't seem to beat Cesaro. But non-title matchups, he's he's golden. So it, it's I don't know. It, it's kind of weird what they're doing. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I mean I don't know. They they're really dead set on pushing him as a babyface. I mean. I'm always optimistic with things in wrestling. I like to give, you know, just about anything a chance. Um, and I just don't see it happening anymore. I mean, other than the idea I brought up about bringing John Morrison back and making them like a babyface tag team and, you know, reforming, you know, the dirt sheet um, is what they were, you know, what they referred to themselves as um, with that online show that they used to have on WWE.com. But, um, I mean, I really... I, from what I read, in fact, I just read a Miz interview the other day, and, uh, you know, he, he said, he goes, I really haven't changed in the sense as far as the character goes. He goes, I'm just getting better reactions, which he does. He, he, I mean, it, he's not getting booed out of the building, but he's not getting a big pop either. He, it depends. Like, certain towns he's he's over. I mean, like, he's a California boy, so, you know, and or she's originally from Ohio, but he lives in Los Angeles. So, like, when they're out in California, he's getting a decent reaction. But, you know, same thing in Ohio, too. Um, And apparently there's some Christmas movie that's coming out that he's starring in. 
I think it's going to be on the Lifetime channel. I'm not kidding either. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, it's going to be on the Lifetime channel coming out. So, I mean, I don't know what the story's about. He's probably going to wear an ugly Christmas sweater. It's probably going to be some stupid romance movie where, you know, he, he finds the girl of his dreams, you know, and, you know, Christmas time and all that good, you know, schmaltzy stuff. But, you know, I think that they want to keep him babyface or, you know, in between till that Christmas movie to see if, you know, the people will react to him more as a baby. I don't know. I, I Personally, I really don't care, to be honest with you. I've not been a Miz hater, but I've not been a Miz supporter either. Um, right now, he's just one of those guys that they just seem kind of lost in the shuffle with him. Um, you know, they, they've, he's been constantly losing to Cesaro. Um, he'll have a spot in the WrestleMania card. He'll probably be putting some multi-man match. It's not going to mean anything. They're just going to give him a spot in the card. He's got that movie coming out, so he's definitely going to have a spot. The, the Marine 3, um, which I didn't even bother to watch the previews of that because I know it probably sucked. But, um, yeah, I just I'm, – I'm, I really don't care. Like, honestly, I don't. I really, I really yeah, don't care. Yeah, guys, one quick thing. Dave, I'm really sorry to cut you off, but one quick thing. I just got a message here that uh, May 18th, Middletown, New York, 128 Dolson Avenue, K&S Collectibles is having an autograph signing with Goldberg. I, I just know, saw uh, that. That's pretty wow. cool. I, I, I just saw that, actually, on Facebook. I don't know how far yeah. you guys are away from Middletown, New York, but, Ken, we're looking forward to the radio show. I can't wait. I'm sure I'll be calling in on Tuesday night to talk to you. Congratulations on your 5,000 viewers. You guys definitely deserve it, and we'll be uh, we'll be chatting with you on the Raw Chat tomorrow night. Sounds good. Thanks a lot for the call. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Well, Goldberg, that's cool. A little bit of info coming in uh, while we're doing the show, so uh, let's keep the ball rolling. We're going to keep it with the calls, get you all in. Call, are you there? Yes. Hi, this is Tony. Hey Tony, how you doing? Uh, I'm in. A, I, I just want to make a couple. Of addre- I want to address a couple of things about last time that I called in. Okay. Uh, the first thing I want to address is that yesterday was my birthday, and for those of you who know me, Bob Arian, he went on Facebook and he put a picture of me saying that I was 84 years old. I just want everybody to know out there, and Dave, frozen breath, you don't say nothing. You let me finish. Oh, this isn't Tony. I know who this is. No, no, come no, no, on. no. No, this is oh, Tony. Come on. Excuse me. This is, uh, excuse me. This is Tony. I just yeah, want to address yeah. the, I yeah, just Tony, have to, yeah. <laughs> excuse me. I just have to address this, this issue I'm having. Hey, you, I you really, have a lot of there, Mike Ferrara, but go ahead. This is Mike Ferrara. This, <clears throat> This is not Mike Ferrara. This is Bob, this is Tony Scott. I just yeah, want to address a couple. Of, excuse me. Can I finish, please? Go Robert ahead, Brett, Mr. Scott. Very, I don't know, Mr. Reed, how you have a guy like him on the show. But anyway, like I was trying to say before I was interrupted. Um. Oh, yeah, I'm 104 years old. That's what I wanted to say. The other thing that I wanted to address was that I was asked about a Hall of Fame selection. And you guys have said, what do you think about WWE Hall of Fame, Bruno San Martino, and I gave my opinion. I also want to say that last time I said Ivan Putsky. Now I realized Ivan Putsky is in the Hall of Fame. Here's who I really want. 
I want Gorgeous George. That's who I want. Because I think that Gorgeous George would make a perfect selection in the WWE Hall of Fame committee. Now, Rosenbreath, I know you. I, I know for some reason you have a problem with me and the DOD. I know we stink or something's going on. We're dysfunctional, whatever. And I know I have to go to the bathroom in every every 15 seconds or something because I'm an old man and I know I can't hold it. But let me tell you something, Rosenbreath. I could take you in a heartbeat, brother. Uh, and Mr. Tony, well, thank you so much for the and call. Mr. And Mr. Reedy, I thank you for your time. And I just want to say that the DOD will never die. <laughs> and Rosenbreath, I got you again. And I'm going to have Christian Law slap your face. <laughs> Good night, guys. And thank you for having me on the show again. Oh, that was unscuffed and believable. <laughs> that was the worst impression of Tony Scoff in my entire. I don't even like Tony. I don't even like Tony Scoff, and that was the worst impression of him I've ever heard. I mean, first but that of all, wasn't, that wasn't him. No, you know that. Come on, dude. You know that was Mike Ferrara. Every time Mike Ferrara calls, he's out of breath. That he couldn't even stay. He couldn't even stay in character. He, oh my god. Maybe he's exercising when he calls. He's on the treadmill. But I, I didn't have the heart to tell him that, that uh, Gorgeous George is in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, what else? Never mind. I'm not even getting that. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. It's unbelievable. <laughs> this is what, but you know what? This is what makes this show go. You guys, the callers, calling in, making it entertaining. So, uh, the we got to come out, you know what, right now on the Facebook page, we have a show thread going. Uh, so people are listening to the show and they're talking on the Facebook page. We got to come up with, with a name for our callers. Now, we refer to ourselves a lot of times as the, the TKRS Nation, but we need, we need just a, a name for, for the callers, like the, the inmates, perhaps. <laughs> Something, though. So if you, you have an idea for... What we should call uh, the, the our callers, you know, post it right now on the on the thread on on Facebook. Uh, creepers. What was that? The creepers. Creepers. Yeah, we talk, that's a good one too. So yeah, we, we got we're gonna come up with something official uh, for the callers who, who call in here. Three four seven eight three nine eight one five is the number to call. And now it's time. For our Sunday positive affirmation with Justin. Justin, are you there? Hi, Ken. How you doing, buddy? I love your show, man. It's wonderful. It's like on cue, man. We just we, we we're giving you like like a segment, and uh, we're having our, our positive affirmation, and then you just come on and say, "I love your show." You just just make us feel good when you call in. So, what did you think of Monday Night Raw this week? It was wonderful, Ken. Are you looking forward to WrestleMania? Oh, you bet, Buster. <laughs> what do you What do you think? What do you think about the beginning of Raw and uh, Triple H and Brock Lesnar? Well, Triple H and Brock Lesnar don't get along with each other. They do not. What do you think uh, if they wrestle at WrestleMania? Who do you think is going to win? It's Triple H. Triple H. You know, we talked a little bit about this match and, and going forward, and we're figuring there's going to be uh, some sort of stipulation. Um, if you had to choose, say, a, a Hell in a Cell match or a 
just a steel cage match or no disqualification match? What kind of match would you like to see Triple H and Brock Lesnar in? Hell in a Cell. You want to see Hell in a Cell? Oh, yeah. You like the Hell in a Cell matches? Oh, I do, Ken. Cool. I, I actually, you know, that's uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a Hell in a Cell match uh, either. Any other thoughts you have on uh, Monday Night Raw this week? Well, usually Dave, he's a, he's a smart young man. I give him an A+. Plus. You give Dave an A+. Plus? Oh, yeah. Well, there you go, Dave. You got an A-plus from Justin. All right. <laughs> You're funny, you guys. <laughs> we try. We try to keep it, you know, entertaining and light and amusing. So uh, I'm I'm glad we we made you laugh. You know, and, and Justin, thanks a lot for supporting us every week and, and calling in. And, uh, you know, yeah, now okay. we're going to have our show on Tuesday nights as well as uh, Sunday nights. So there'll be an... An extra night for you to listen to the show. I can't wait. Thanks, man. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you either Tuesday or next week. Sound good? Oh, it sounds good, Cal. I'll miss you, man. All right. I miss you, too. Take care of yourself. All right. All right. Talk to you soon, man. Okay, Ken. Stay cool. <laughs> Stay cool. Our daily affirmation, our positive affirmation with Justin. Uh, yeah, so Justin, uh, you know, Justin wants to see a Hell in a Cell match going. So I think, uh, you know, it, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, I know there, there, there are people out there, uh, you know, in the IWC who are going to, uh, you know, hate on it regardless. And it was predictable. And it was. Let's face it. We all saw it coming. We knew that. Uh, and that, that's why I think that opening segment was so amazing because it was so predictable. I mean, everyone who, who – anyone who's ever watched wrestling knew – Pretty much that the the fight would start. Lesnar was going to come out, and then Triple H was going to come out, and they were going to set up a WrestleMania match. That was pretty. I mean, everyone knew it, and, and still to be able to to deliver dramatically uh, with that confrontation to me, like kudos to everybody involved in the opening of Monday Night Raw, because uh, you know for something that was so predictable for it to be so incredibly entertaining, uh, just just impressive. Uh, what they were able to do. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We have reached that point in the program. It's time for Dave and our Day Five Fifty Fifty News Update. Thank you very much, Ken. This is a Day Five News Report only heard here on the Ken Reedy Show. Starting out this week, the Orlando Business Journal reported this week that the Orlando Sports Commission received a request for a proposal from the WWE to possibly host WrestleMania in either the year 2015 or 2016. Orlando hosted WrestleMania 24 in 2008 at the Florida Citrus Bowl and helped generate $50 million to the local economy. With this news came news of another city that received a request this week, that being Detroit, Michigan. Detroit also hosted WrestleMania 23 at Ford Field in the year 2007. Ironically enough, it was also announced this week that the state of Michigan and their officials and legislatures have officially taken over the city of Detroit, deeming the city financially unstable to operate and support itself. Big news out of the National Wrestling Alliance this week, as NWA COO Fred Rubenstein has announced his retirement. 
TheExaminer.com noted several disagreements between Rubenstein and CEO Bruce Tharp over decisions made concerning championships, promotions, and business relationships. Rubenstein has been a part of professional wrestling for over 50 years, starting out writing copies for magazines to becoming a referee for the National Wrestling Alliance. Last night's hardcore road trip promotion featuring former ECW wrestlers debuted in Canada. One particular star who was advertised to appear in the main event was ECW's icon, Sabu. However, Sabu was unable to appear. Sabu apparently attempted to get into Canada at the Niagara Falls border, but was denied. He then drove to Detroit to attempt to get into Ontario from the west side, but was once again denied. News surfaced later that Sabu was denied entry due to not having the proper paperwork. Direct TV viewers will not lose Ring of Honor's weekly television show after Sinclair Broadcasting Group, the parent company of Ring of Honor, and Direct TV reached a short-term extension of its existing deal that was set to expire this week. The agreement gives both sides more time to reach a long-term agreement on their retransmission consent agreement. For the short term, this is good news for Ring of Honor fans. And in our final story this week, former WWE United States Champion MVP Montel Vontavious Porter tweeted earlier this week that he has fulfilled all his contractual obligations to New Japan Pro Wrestling and thanked them publicly for the opportunity to compete for them. He also stated that he is open to working with TNA and also open to a return to the WWE. He did state, though, that he is developing a TV project with Lionsgate Television and would be taking a break from wrestling for a little while. Folks, YouTube slash Steve Off, The Gun Show, Season 8 now. Check it out. NWA on Fire, Me TV, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Check out the host of this show, Ken Reedy, on commentary. And, of course, Tuesday nights at 6 p.m., Ironbound Radio, ironbound.com, 1640 a.m. radio out of Newark, New Jersey. The best in pro wrestling talk has found another home. Tuesday nights at 6 p.m., the Ken Reedy Show. And Lucky 13 Promotions de- debuts an event titled Lucky Pro Wrestling, set to take place Saturday, March 23rd, at the Elks Function Hall, 128 School Street, Clinton, Massachusetts. Bell time, 8 p.m. You'll see former WWE, NXT, and, and Nexus member Michael Tarver. For one night only, Big Vito and Nunzio will reunite the FBI, the full-blooded Italians. NWA Fire on Star, Brian Fury, and many more. Check out Lucky 13's Facebook page for more details. Tickets are just $15. And there you have it. That was the Day 5 report. The only place to hear this is on the Ken Reedy Show. Every Sunday night at the top of the hour. Ken, back to you. And remember, fans, also get us your, your pictures. Email them to our producer, Michelle, at thekenreedyshow.com. We're putting together a, kind of a tribute page on our website to uh, all the fans who continue to support us. So, you know, take a wrestling picture, take a picture with you and a belt, maybe you with a uh, favorite wrestler, whatever. Just something interesting. We want uh, pictures of as many of our fans as possible. We're going to have a special 
Uh, we don't know exactly what we're going to do, whether it's going to be a collage or what, but we want to do something just as a, as a thank you. So uh, email us those pictures, and we'll we'll get that page set up. We've gotten a few already. Uh, we want to get as many as possible and set up a nice little fan thank you page. So uh, be sure to check that out. Actually, and I'm getting word right now from our producer. Uh, pictures are up. So we do have some of the fan shots up right now on thecanreadyshow.com. Be sure to check that out. And uh, keep sending us your pictures. Uh, it's amazing, Dave. You know, you, you're talking about uh, NWA, and uh, it, it's it's wild. You know, we, we this past year or so has just been pretty. I mean, just a, a whirlwind. And and between, uh, you know, we had a little bit of involvement with uh, the BWO for for a bit. Uh, you know, they still support us. Uh, still call the show. Um, you know, so the BWO we're involved with, and then uh, you know, doing the show, and then meeting all sorts of people in the industry, and then getting involved in the NWA, and and being involved in the NWA at at this time is pretty amazing, um, because you do get the sense being in the NWA and being involved in doing our Friday night TV show, and uh, you know, word came down. Uh, a couple weeks ago, that with our TV deal and and who we're we're reaching, that we're the third biggest wrestling company out there right now. It's WWE, it's TNA, and then it's NWA on fire. Uh, as far as our reach goes with with TV, now I know perception's reality, and and we get it. We're we're not, you know, we're not naive. We know that for most fans, ROH probably comes in third. But as far as our TV deal, you know, that's where we're at. Uh, the NWA as a whole, it's weird. Like Fred's out now, and it's it's in a huge state of flux. And this is really kind of a, you know, either the NWA is going to, you know, be no more, or it's going to flourish. But this is definitely a, a crossroads uh, to be involved, to be in it right now. And uh, uh, on a positive note, uh, you know, it came out this week uh, that uh, NWA on fire. We've we've signed on Bill Apter. To uh, join the show, and uh, he's going to have a weekly spot where uh, details are still coming in, and, and I've gotten some some word from the Savoldi family as to what it's going to be. But it looks like he's going to kind of have a uh, a segment where he just gets to talk about the wrestling business, and he'll he has no limitations. It's uh, say whatever he wants, tell whatever he wants, and he's going to have that kind of segment on the show. So. Uh, a man that has uh, quite an extensive history in wrestling journalism is going to have a spot on our TV uh, with kind of no holds barred as far as what he can talk about. So uh should prove for some very entertaining TV, Dave. Yeah, uh, Bill After, a very respected uh, uh, wrestling uh, editor. You know, over the years, he's, you know, with all, all kinds of, you know, the, the wrestling magazines that he has... Uh, you know he's helped uh, edit and publish, and uh, you know he's very well respected amongst you know just about anybody in the wrestling industry. I've heard nothing but good things about him. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, you know after he used to take pictures at, uh, at he told a story once. I remember watching a DVD. He took a you know he used to take pictures at Madison Square Garden, and um, you know we were just on the subject of uh, Brock Lesnar and Triple H, and uh, you know he, Paul Heyman 
used to sneak into the garden and used to try and get pictures at ringside uh, with guys. And, you know, that's how Paul Heyman got into the wrestling industry. And uh, after and the other camera guys used to look at Paul like he was crazy. But, you know, later on, years later on, after ended up going to a lot of ECW shows and taking pictures for Paul. So, uh, you know, it's it's actually pretty cool that the NWA is going to have a guy that's, uh, you know, got – vast amount of knowledge about the wrestling business and it's just about seeing everything that there is to wrestling um, with all the major companies and you know even some of the indies so it should be pretty cool I, I, I look forward to uh, you know checking it out yeah I'm kind of psyched I mean it, it tells me at least to someone involved that, that we're you know we're moving forward and we're looking to you know beef up our TV and, and continue to improve and continue to put out a, as great a product as, as we, we can uh, to entertain wrestling fans, and I think bringing a guy like Bill Apter, you know, it's it's embracing the past while looking to the future. So uh, I'm I'm kind of psyched. And and uh, on another note, we we've brought in uh, Ray Ray Mars as uh, my commentating partner. Uh, so that's been fun. Currently, he's uh, the BWO US champion, uh, but he's been my broadcast partner now, uh, calling all the action on NWA on fire. So. Uh, Definitely a lot of cool things coming down the pike, uh, hoping it, it all works out. But uh, very interesting, the historical significance right now on what's going on in the NWA. Because years, like 10 years from now, wh- however this plays itself out, I feel like this time period is going to be looked at as, as either the time the NWA completely tanked or the time that it kind of rebuilt and flourished and, and brought themselves up to uh, – uh, glory again. So it should be interesting to see what what these next few months and years uh, hold for us. But very excited that Bill After will be on board with us in the NWA on fire. And we want to hear from you. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number. Call again. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. And you know, I think we're we're missing something. And, and out of all the things that happened this week, uh, we we probably missed the most important thing. As uh, you know, we're over halfway done with the show and and. We forgot to talk about Fandango. Oh my God! Really? <laughs> I just, I just wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was kind of a you know anticlimactic debut. Although I gotta say, and, and I'm I don't know where they're going with this character. That I did laugh that segment with uh, Stryker. I thought Stryker played it pretty well. Uh, who knows where they're going with the character? But uh, we did not see the actual in-ring debut of Fandango. So we'll see that. I think he did it wrong too. But okay, I do it. I lo- actually I started cracking up when when he looked at Stryker and said, "You're getting too caught up on the end." Yeah. <laughs> All right. But you know, let's get let's three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We need help. Um give us a call. Uh interesting, um Swagger. And and that dominated our show a lot last week. Swagger, uh Glenn Beck, the whole thing. Um you know, i i think if if nothing else as we look at how this this week unfolded in the world of professional wrestling, uh, had a decent spot on uh, the Raw card and the SmackDown card, uh, at least for the time being. And we don't know 
how his match was uh, supposed to turn out at WrestleMania and where they're going to go after WrestleMania, but it does appear for the time being no punishment in the works for a Jack Swagger, Dave. Yeah, um, you know, when they when I heard that, you know, he was going to appear on Raw, once I saw he was on Raw and they didn't, like, do anything to, like, publicly bury him, because it seems to be, like, if you get in trouble behind the scenes with the WWE, you know, to write you off, they, they like, publicly make you look bad in, in a way. They didn't do that with him, and then they gave him a, a, a solid segment with Jim Ross in Oklahoma City on Friday night, um, so yeah, I think I the only punishment I could you know or anything close to being punishment I could see from uh, you know for Jack Swagger is his match with Del Rio will probably get the Daniel Bryan Sheamus 18 second kind of treatment like last year. Um, although I got a pretty cool scenario that um, you know I I, I thought of um, for WrestleMania that I'll probably talk about on next week's show um, or maybe even Tuesday night depending on how everything goes on Monday Night Raw, but. Um, I, I have a feeling that, you know, that match is going to get shorted, um, which I'm kind of disappointed in. But the storyline seems to be, uh, you know, pushing some buttons. Obviously, it's not pushing Glenn Beck's buttons anymore because we haven't heard from him since last week. Um, and, uh, you know, after WWE took their cameras and went to his office and their studio, I should say, in Irving, Texas, and uh, tried to get a word from him, you haven't heard anything you know, Glenn Beck has not publicly come out and made any mention about Jack Swagger or Zeb Coulter or even stupid wrestling fans like he did, you know, a few weeks back. Um, maybe, maybe uh, you know, he, he realized he put his foot in his mouth where he shouldn't have um, concerning us wrestling fans. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a lot of, you know, the people on the IWC made, you know, phone calls, maybe even some death threats which I'm not condoning, by the way, but, you know, it's possible because there are some crazy wrestling fans out there. So, yeah, it's just no. interesting. That, yeah, I know, right? We could, we're so violent and bloodthirsty, but we're not crazy. We're not, we're, we're not crazy at all. We're completely stable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. For, only in between, you know, from 6 to 8 p.m., we're, 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 not, we're not that stable. But all the other hours of the day and the rest <laughs> of the week, we're we're, we're we're pretty good, but <laughs> but you haven't really heard anything from Glenn Beck, so I think he kind of realized that uh, that was probably the wrong tree to bark up. Uh, so, but now other than that, I, the one thing I, I find, and, and you know, Glenn Beck may may fall into this. I mean, I don't know, but non wrestling fans. So, and I get it. Look, we're we're all into certain things, and, and there are certain things we don't like. And, and I, I get it. Like for some people, wrestling's not their cup of tea. You don't have to be a fan. We are. Uh, some people aren't. But non wrestling fans, a lot of them seem to have this need to to bash it. Like they can't just not like it. Like they have to rip on it. And one of the things I do find with with non wrestling fans is they don't understand the reach. And they don't understand how big an industry it really is. And when you hear people, you know, make fun of it or, or you know, there are like in the mainstream media doesn't want to support it. Uh, you know, we've heard stories. I mean, you know, thank you again to Ironbound Radio for like bringing us in and taking a chance and, and let's do like a wrestling show. But there's there are a lot of radio stations that, you know, the, the hierarchy – you know, we, we don't want a wrestling show. We don't have, you know, why would we have a wrestling show? And they don't understand that it it's a multi-billion dollar industry. 
that even you go away from the big companies and the amount of independents that are out there uh, and people going to these independent shows on any, and any given weekend, any wrestling fan could see live wrestling any weekend, multiple times a weekend, anytime they want. That's how, how much wrestling is out there. It's across the globe. There are millions and millions of wrestling fans across the world. If you're a guy who's going to come out on a radio show and say, you know, uneducated wrestling fans or make fun of wrestling, and do, you're going to garner the wrath of wrestling fans throughout the country as well as wrestlers. And the WWE has always been, you know, they never back down from a fight. So... You know, again, you don't know how much of it is, is staged and scripted and how much of it is genuine, but, you know, the WWE shows up at uh, Beck's door, and uh, Beck's nowhere to be found. So maybe at some point, you know, the powers that be, the, the people that, that Beck worked for said, you know, back off the wrestling bashing because, uh, you know, we don't need all this negative press. And, and I would agree with you. I mean, we don't condone any sort of death threats, but I, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, that, there was a lot of negativity thrown his way because wrestling fans are passionate. And we do as fans, because people are so quick to rip it, we're, we're very protective of, our, of you know, what, what we enjoy. And uh, so, you know, you're right, Glenn Beck kind of, you know, go ahead, crawl under the, the rock you came out of. And, uh, you know, we can, I guess, let, let's, let's cut it now. Like, it was two shows. Let's, we'll never talk about Glenn Beck again here. Well, I won't. I won't mention Glenn Beck, but it's it's interesting that you just brought up the point about you know non wrestling fans going in and bashing. And I'll just give you a small story. When I was in middle school, you know, myself and probably about three or four of my friends were, were wrestling fans, and a lot of people that I tried to get in, to, you know, to, to watch wrestling, they you know they would bash it, they didn't understand it, they'd make fun of me, they you know you know call me names or whatever, you know, I'm a excuse, you know, a lot a lot of insults were thrown my way, you know, and. And I remember when I got to high school, that was like the beginning of the attitude. When I got into high school, that was right around the time when Vince went to the attitude era. And let me tell you, all the kids that used to make fun of me, they were in the cafeteria, in the gym, telling people to suck it, crotch chop, this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, they're like my best friends. They want to see, like, oh, want to come over and watch Monday Night Raw? Oh, you're having a pay-per-view at your house? Oh, yeah, we're going to go to Monday Night Raw at the Hartford Civic Center. Oh, you should come with it. You know, all those people, you know what I mean? It, it, it's It's got, like, there's certain points in wrestling People said wrestling is, is is cyclical in terms of like you know there's boom periods and you know the attitude was a, the attitude era was a boom period and I don't think we're I don't think we've been in a boom this company you know wrestling has been in a boom period for a while but it comes and goes with people's interests and I think that open-minded people even though they bash it in the beginning if they turn it on and watch it they'll find some value and entertainment in it i mean i've had old girlfriends who didn't like it to begin with and then they watch some of it and they're kind of getting into it as long as you're an open-minded individual overall in general i think you could find some entertainment and some something out of it for for you as a as an individual yeah, I, agree. I mean, it, it, some people are just going to be fans of whatever happens to be popular at the time, and and you do uh, you do find that. But uh, you know, I guess the point is, so getting back to the swagger, you know, he's not going to be punished at least for the time being. I agree. We might see, 
you know, less of a match than we would have gotten initially as far as WrestleMania. But, you know, look, I mean, transgression's not good. Not the smart move when you're getting a push, especially when you're Jack Swagger getting a push because you need it. Um, but segments are still entertaining. Uh, Zeb, Uncle Zeb is uh, gold. And uh, that whole storyline is, is working out. So, uh, you know, I'm curious. And, and again, you know, referencing back to what we are saying about The Miz, and The Miz kind of is, is almost like in a, in a lost place. Uh, on the flip side, you know, the, the face turn of Del Rio continues to be uh, a tremendously successful thing. And, and uh, you know, him going against uh, Jack Swagger with, with Zeb is just continues to make uh, – uh, Del Rio more and more popular, and you know the more and more I watch it, I think it's it's very interesting, and that's what's what's funny about the the criticism. You know when when you know for years, I mean wrestling, and I don't want to get into a political conversation, but wrestling at a lot of times is is blatantly racist, and a lot of characters. I mean every minority group, they, you know, they adhere to stereotypes, and they. Uh, you know, they they all these different foreigners are always bad guys because they come in and hate America. You know, I, I think this is such original storytelling to flip that script and we're gonna make the foreigner the the good guy in this and we're gonna take the person who's uh, you know, thumping the uh the American way and, and uh holding the American flag and wanting to clean up this country and all this stuff and we're gonna we're gonna make him the heel in this. So I it's kind of uh, original storytelling, and it's it's exactly what, you know, as we've gone forward with Del Rio and, and you know, his program with Big Show, and, you know, he's 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 been fortunate enough to really work with guys that, as they've made this face turn, uh, Del Rio is just getting more and more popular, and his face turn has been incredibly successful. So we'll see how this plays out, but right now Swagger seems to be in the clear Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. We're gonna go to the phones because I think we have, as as uh as we we may go right off the off the tracks now. We got Bob Arian on the line, so we're gonna go right out to the phones. Bob, are you there? Yeah, yeah, Ken. What's up, dude? How are you? I wasn't gonna call in tonight, but there's something bothering me. But first, I'm gonna start off on an easy note. First of all, I think this Tuesday you're on AM radio. Yes, sir. Okay, I want to wish you a lot of luck with that program. Uh, unfortunately, I'll be uh, saving the world, so you're going to be gifted. I won't call in, but uh, I do wish you all the luck. You worked hard. You're a credit to the wrestling business. But put your helmet on because you're about to take a beating. All right, I'm ready. Okay, first of all, come on. First, you get on the bandwagon with Dynasty of Dysfunction. Then... You're in a love fest with Tristan Law. Now, NWA on fire, Ray Ray Mars, sounds like a candy bar. Come on, guys are losing. Why do you surround yourself with losers, except for Dave, because Dave is probably the best co-host in the world, and soon it's going to be his show. Let's face the reality of this. And Missy G, she, she thinks you've got money. Well, she finds out you've got no money. She's going to dump you like a heartbeat, dude. I'm telling you. Okay, where did you get Ray Ray Mars out of with NWA on fire? What are they thinking? We, we wanted a rock star. We got a rock star now. He got a rock star. He can't even play the banjo backwards. Come on. He's a Bruce Springsteen wannabe. He can't wrestle his way out of a paper bag. And next <laughs> month at Gold Rush, on uh, Saturday, March 16th, 150 Chestnut Street, Nutley, New Jersey, 
Todd. Steve Roth is going to kick his ass and smash the guitar right over his head. How do you like that, Ken? I, I don't. That, that's mean. You, you better not, because if you're there, then Steve may go after you. Okay. Now, my second issue is, did uh, the sign guy, Mike Ferrara, call in tonight? I'm, I'm not sure. He was, it, it sounded a lot like him, but he was... It was him. Let's face it. Let's not call it. Well, I'm going to tell you something, I, I, you know, and I'm going to stick up to Dave on this. That guy, you know, we tr- we tried to give him a break. You tried to give him a platform. You know what? He was entertaining. And then one night he doesn't get a phone call. He doesn't get on. He starts bashing your show. But he's a typical politician telling everybody to listen to the show. So, you know, either he's pro Ken Reedy or he's not. And if he's not, we kick him out the door because, you know what? He no-showed us at the last PWO show. We were going to bring him on the gun show. We were going to give him a spot. And he said he sprained his ankle picking up shopping carts and shop right or something stupid like that. You know what? <laughs> he works in the Dollar Tree, Bob. And I'm starting to see he's a phony, and I'm calling him out right now. If he's, if he's legit, he'll call in tonight and face the music. He's mad because Tony Scott got a call before him. What the hell? Tony Scott's old and senile. He calls in twice a year. Of course you got to take his call. You know, Mike, he's trying to control the show. You know what? Yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. I love you, but you're wrong. And you know what? You disrespected Dave numerous times. Ken I really don't care about because he's just, you know, he's a little flaky. I, I don't understand where he's coming from. He backs the wrong people at the wrong time. I just don't understand it. But I, I had to call in, and I had to call you out, Ken, on Ray Ray Mars, the candy bar, and I had to call Mike Ferraro out. Let's see if he's got the guts to call in tonight and tell why he's boycotting the show. Wow, some some strong words. Bob, always a treat when you call. Thanks a lot. And Reedy, I hope you straighten your act out, dude, because you're going on AM. You need to get your people in line. The right You need to back the right people. Tristan Law, Ray Ray Mars. I'm sorry. Dave's going to have that show in about a month. All right. Thanks a lot for the call. Thanks, Take care. Bob. <laughs> gotcha, bro. And we're going off the rails on a crazy train. And add the goat noise to that. Wow. I appreciate Bob sticking up for me with, uh, with uh, you know, Mike Ferrara. Let's... Uh, Let's see if, uh, you know, let's oh, see if... Strong people. words there. Keep the calls coming, 347-838-9815. You know, let's get to it right now because, uh, you know, this was the, the biggest thing probably that happened this week. And we looked at Monday Night Raw and, and uh, you know, we talked about it on the thread and, and we thought, uh, you know, that there were times the show look, being really critical. I mean, the show dragged at times um, and, and we did, you know, we're going back and forth on the thread. We're talking... You know, you open that strong, and, and sometimes, you know, if you open too strong, it could kill the rest of your show. Um, you know, I, I was, you know, we talk on the on the Facebook page, and, and after Raw, each and every week, we, we ask you, the fans, to come in and grade uh, Raw. Uh, you know, tremendous. I mean, I would, I think everyone was saying A. I would say at worst, you could grade Raw this past week was a B plus, but you're talking. You know, I, to me, it's a, at least an A minus. Um, tremendous show, and I think what really kind of brought it home was the potential match of the year 
candidate John Cena versus CM Punk. Unbelievable. And, you know, look, it takes two to tango. And, and you know, I know he garners a lot of criticism. And for whatever reason, you know, CM Punk is the IWC darling and John Cena is fashionable to hate. I get it. You know, that's that's the way it goes now. But you know what? When it comes to wrestling, it takes two or, you know, they have to work well together. And there's there's magic that happens between uh, John Cena and CM Punk. And what a tremendous matchup. And, again, when you talk about storytelling and you don't know how far in advance this stuff was set up, but when you go back and you see the year that John Cena had, uh, you know, losing to The Rock, uh, not being successful on, on a – a couple of turns, uh, losing to CM Punk, uh, setting up this match, finally putting his his number one contendership on the line against CM Punk. Uh, just not even just the match, but the storytelling into the match, going back, you know, into last year, probably since WrestleMania, in the year that John Cena had, it all worked. The match was incredible. The ebbs and flows in the match were tremendous. The storytelling. Outside of the match was great. They told a story inside the match. Um, CM Punk is a great performer. He's he's very talented. But there's a magic that happens with him and, and John Cena that you, you just can't put your finger on it. But these two work exceptionally well together. And Dave, on, on Monday night, that might be the, the best match they've had. I, I just thought there, there are not, not enough good things we can say about that match. It was a it was a fantastic man. Like you said, I I'll be repeating probably everything you've just said. I mean, I can't really I can't find a bad thing about the match. I will say though that that match it's probably a tie with their Money in the Bank match from 2011. Because that, that match was a phenomenal match too. It's that went like 37, 38 minutes. This match probably went just a little over 30 minutes. Um, you know, you know, including the commercial breaks. Um, I have an argument with uh, with a fan on uh, Hurricane Shane Helms. I'm you know friends with him on Facebook. I'm a personal friend of his. He put a post up on Facebook that said Raw delivered big time tonight. And you know I went to go look at the post and there was like a fan on there that was like Punk carried Cena the whole time. Cena can't wrestle. He sucks. This and you know typical. He was a tip. And then he was a he was a Southern fan, so he was big NWA Ric Flair. Um, you know, Southern roots, and he kind of brought up how, like, Flair used to carry nobodies in the territories. And, you know, like you said, and Shane Helms even said it. He goes, it takes two to tango. And then the guy brought up a point where it was like, well, Cena kicked out of uh, Punk's finish, the, the, the GTS. And, and then I, I even said something, I go, well, didn't Punk, like, break the STF and kick out of the the, the FE, or the attitude adjustment twice, I believe? And uh, he, he had the nerve to say it's a, it's a – it's a it's a glorified backdrop, um, and and talking about how John Cena can't wrestle. I won't bring up the guy's name, but you know he was really like dead set on the fact that CM Punk carried that whole match, and he should be the one that gets the you know all the glory. But I, I look at it like this: there were seventeen thousand people in Dallas, Texas that were on their feet, and it had to do with both guys in that ring. It was an awesome match. Like Mr. Trivia said, it's probably going to be up for match of the year. I mean, you know what? Here's what I'll do: I'm calling it right now. 
at the at the Slammy Awards in December for the WWE, I'm guaranteeing that match will be one of the matches nominated for Match of the Year. Hell, we're going to nominate it for our Ken Reedy Show End of the Year Awards. I'm, I'm pretty sure we are. I, I'll, if I got any say in the matter, it was a great match, top to bottom. And for people who were complaining that Undertaker didn't show up to cost Punk the match, that would have totally you know, taken away from the fact that that was a great match. So... Anybody I agree, and, and you know it's funny because like you bring up Taker, and that's a thing that's really impressive, and that's a testament to, um, you know what these guys did. I didn't miss Taker, and, and you know we talked on this show, and and look, I'll I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong, and we we kind of said, man, if Taker doesn't show up on Monday, then it, it's like they just shouldn't bring him. They need him. They need him now. They can't set anything up. You know, we're getting too short on time. And we were all, you know, we were saying, he showed up at a house show, so he's definitely showing up on Monday night. And you know what? I didn't miss him. I did not miss The Undertaker. I, I You know, it, it's out there, I think, with CM Punk's promo, uh, Taker being at the house show. I mean, he's coming. And, you know, it being old school Raw tomorrow night, I mean, maybe he ditches the uh, the robe with the hood that he had last year, and we see the, the long trench coat and the hat. Comes back for a uh, old school raw. Maybe we see something like that tomorrow night. But um, I, I didn't miss Taker at all. I didn't come out of that raw thinking Taker should have won, and it was. It, you know, sometimes with these matches, you know, you're trying to build John Cena back up, and John Cena is the man. And and it's funny because you know people love to say, "Oh, the sheep, the sheep, the sheep like this, the sheep follow this." But I do think that to a certain extent, John Cena haters are sheep. Because it's become the fashionable thing. If you're a wrestling fan, you have to hate John Cena. Because no one's going to take you seriously as a wrestling fan. Real wrestling fans hate John Cena because, you know, know, and and it it just gets silly after a while. Look, that guy you were talking about, you're going to compare John Cena to Ric Flair. I mean, yeah. It's Ric Flair. I I mean, no, no. John Cena is no Ric Flair. Okay? Punk did not carry John Cena. Uh, and that would be, you know, it's pretty evident when you look at, you know, if, if CM Punk was that good at, at carrying people, look, not that the match was a bad match, but he, he didn't make The Rock look golden, you know, he didn't, he didn't make The Rock look tremendous at their main event, you know, a lot of people are still critical that The Rock looked gassed, uh, at the end of that match, um, there's something with Cena and Punk, the two of them. They just have an, an it factor, something you can't put your finger on. They they know each other so well in that ring, and they they just put on a show. And and you know to to take something like that. I mean, and and this is where I get like frustrated sometimes when I talk wrestling because to me, like if you're a real wrestling fan, then respect the business and respect what these guys do in the ring. There's two guys in there, and John Cena is is taking a beating out there too. Don't like, don't downplay what John Cena did because you you have to you have to hate him. I mean, you can hate a guy and still say, you know what, I I hate John Cena, but he had a tremendous match. That that was a tremendous matchup to me. If you come out of that match on Monday night and you still say, oh, John Cena sucked on Monday, or or Punk had to carry him, or whatever it is, then to me you don't get wrestling. John Cena did as much to make that match great as CM Punk. And, and, it, and both those guys 
should get a pat on the back for what they did that night. It, it was it was unbelievable, and like I said, I love seeing the storytelling aspect, not just with promos and outside the ring, but when it's inside the ring. And I, I just thought those two guys just did such a great job. And I agree with you. I think Taker interfering would have cheapened it because that was John Cena. That was John Cena's moment, uh, as far as the storytelling goes. You know, redemption. You know, this is a guy who had the worst year of his career that is trying to fight and claw and scratch his way back to the top of the heap. And one of the, the first obstacles on the road to WrestleMania is, is to get through CM Punk. And if in some way, shape, or form there was any interference, if Taker came down, you know, it just it just doesn't work. Like, you needed John Cena to just flat out beat CM Punk to prove... He's better, and he's going to WrestleMania for the main event. So I, I just, you know, to downplay it just, just really, it just cheapens what those two men did. And I, and I think even when you say, like, John Cena still sucks, like, it, to me, it, it, it in a way, it cheapens what CM Punk did as well. It just cheapens everything, and, and you just got to appreciate what those two guys did that night. And, and I, I just, like, there's, again, I, and we'll, we'll both keep repeating ourselves. ourselves. I mean, there's not enough good things I can say about that match. And, you know, again, a lot of people want to rip it, but I think they've set up the rematch really well. Uh, they didn't just, you know, serve it to us. And, and they, they could have. Look, Cena Rock is the moneymaker. Period. Accept it. Just accept it. You know, CM Punk might be the better performer. Fine. He's not the moneymaker. He's just not. Accept it. Move on. It's WrestleMania. You know, they gave Punk a nice run with that title. Here's what bothers me about the people that complain about this, you know, the, the rematch, okay? These are the same people who came out on the Internet last year when, you know, or even two years ago when Rock and Cena won, you know, was announced for Miami. And they came out and said, Cena has to win that match. Virtually the entire Internet you know, wrestling community said that Cena had to win that match because it wouldn't be fair that Rock, who's a part-timer, a movie star, comes in and just waltzes in, gets a big WrestleMania payday, and goes over on the on the the face of the company and John Cena. Okay? You all complain that he didn't win. Okay? I understand that. Now we're going to have a rematch where most likely he's probably going to win because the company feels he needs that win because he didn't have the greatest 2012 from a kayfabe perspective. And you're complaining that there's a goddamn rematch and it's for the title? Give me a break. I'm tired of complaining about hearing Internet people complaining about John Cena. <laughs> like, I, I'm, 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 I'm over it. I'm I, I think just... it's great, though. I think it's great the way they set it up. I mean, it's not, again, you know, it, it's the moneymaker. They could have. It's a different story than last that's, year. That's kind of what the... I'm saying, though. But the, if they wanted to go the lazy route, they could have gone and just said, Cena could have come out and said, I want The Rock. They didn't have to give Rock the title. Cena could have just come out and said, I want my rematch. I want one more shot at you. And they could have just made the match that way. They could have just done that and thrown the match together. And it's not. they're not doing that. They're basically like... Rock is, is a legit guy on the roster right now. He's got the title. What, John Cena's not, again, kayfabe, John Cena is not supposed to go after the title because they gave the moniker of once in a lifetime to WrestleMania last year. 
Plus the fact, why are people so hung up on the moniker? Of, I've never seen so many people getting bent out of shape because they said once in a lifetime. The tagline for WrestleMania last year was once in a lifetime. And now I'm outraged because it's not just once in a lifetime. I mean, seriously, come on. And and the match was great. It set it up well. And I, I, I just, I loved everything I saw. That And I, you know, again, it was a lackluster build, you know, starting off for us. And we were kind of complaining a little bit on the show or being critical of the road to WrestleMania. And, and Monday Night Raw just kind of, Threw it into high gear, and and I I am pumped. I'm excited. I got, you know, and with everything else that happened this week, my tickets came in the mail this week, and I am just pumped. I am so psyched to go to WrestleMania, and I thought Monday Night Raw did everything they could to get me pumped for WrestleMania, and they did that without giving us The Undertaker. So tremendous job all the way around, and we're going to go out to the calls right now. So we got a couple. We're going to try and squeeze you guys in. Right now, but uh, here we go. Caller, are you there? Hello? <laughs> El Rotundo. Yeah, hi, how are you? Doing right, how are you? Uh, I've been better. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to say that uh, I'm not happy that I've been on hold for the past one and a half hours. So, just want to get that off of my list. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's, it's not funny. Number two. Uh, I'm not crazy. Senor Steve and Bob Arian, they're the crazy ones. I'm the normal one, okay? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I suggest you tune into YouTube.com slash The Gun Show Web TV, and you'll know everything I'm talking about. The apocalypse is coming, and there's nothing that nobody can, can do about it. The first victim on my list was my old brother, Carlos Quinioso. And nobody's going to stand in my way of accomplishing what I'm going to do, and that's destroy the gun show. This could possibly be the last time that you see the gun show on your YouTube screen. And sign guy Mike, he might be the next victim on my list. So, Ken Reedy, I suggest you watch your back and send your Steve off. You better watch your back, too, because you sleep at night. This is coming from the guy who has Mickey Mouse hands for 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 hands, and he's not crazy. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, then. All right. Let's. Uh, I don't even know. Next caller, please. Yeah. Nothing actually, crazy. No, we actually. Uh, I believe we have uh, Ray Ray on the line. So let's see. Uh, Mr. Ray Ray Mars, are you there? This is Ken Reedy. Uh, I am here. How you doing? What's up? I just wanted to. Uh, call the uh, radio show of my new broadcast partner uh, with the NWA on fire. Uh, I got to check out the episode this past Friday night and uh, there's some good stuff. I think we have some, we, we got, I think we got a future in this color commentary thing, you and me. Some, uh, some good stuff, I felt. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think I think we uh, we definitely have some uh, good chemistry going on. I look forward to uh you know, you going forward, because it could only get better. You referred to it as a uh, Gorilla Ventura vibe, which I kind of like. Although, I do have a question for you. Um, apparently, I'm going to have a lot of questions answered for me this coming Friday when this episode airs, because I, uh, I remember I found a, a liquor bottle, and uh, I started drinking it at one point during the broadcast. I don't really remember a whole lot else. So, uh, <laughs> if, I, if, I offend, if I may have said something or done something offensive, I do apologize 
But uh, I'm sure, again, like I said, uh, a lot of stuff will start coming back to me once I see what happened on Friday with that whole uh, experience. Yeah, you seem to be I, I had, had a hard time on at one point. Uh, yeah, saying like, a, you know, Giant Pharaoh and, and uh, Makua kind of, kind of, it, it seemed like you just had a little trouble. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, as, you, as you may know, as you know, uh, I have had some run-ins with those two gentlemen recently. Uh, not they did not end very well for me, uh, but no, not to worry. I'm, I've been turning it around recently. Uh, I believe you were attended for my big victory over Damian Darling, the BWO, and uh, hopefully all you guys will be in attendance uh, once again on March 16th in Nutley when I get to wrestle Steve off in the United States title match. So. Looking forward, looking forward to the opportunity to get in the ring with Steve, and uh, and my advice to everybody else watching out there is, uh, Brandon Mars has a little message for Steve off. If you want to know what it is? Make sure you keep on watching the Gun Show. I will be revealed soon enough. Nice. Thanks a lot for the call. Look forward to uh, getting getting behind the booth again with you, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on, Mr. Ken Reedy. And I'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. All right. Yeah, it's cool working with We kind of have a, you know, it's just funny because I, I I wind up being gorilla, but uh, we kind of have a, a little bit of an, an updated gorilla slash uh, Jesse Ventura kind of vibe when we're doing the commentating. So uh, it's good. No, it was even cooler that that was the first non-crazy call this hour. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ray Ray Mars. You know, it's good though because like we were getting pretty heated, like defending. Uh, uh, John Cena and we like you know rally against the IWC, so it was good to get a little a uh, little comic relief. Obviously, El Rotundo, uh, he's 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 not a happy camper right now, so who knows what's going on 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 that gun show? But uh, so all about the show. You never know what direction we're gonna go in. That's what happens here on the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you guys for supporting us, calling in, being a part of the show tonight. But we have reached that point in our program. The Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. There you have it. It is the not of approval time. It's that point in our show where, uh, you know, we talk about something, something in the world of professional wrestling that, that we uh, we enjoyed, we liked, we, we uh, nodded to ourselves as we... Uh, we're watching it just like, hey, you know, it, it worked. It, it it worked, you know, and uh, we like to talk about each and every week. Just give, like, one thing that we, we kind of want to give the award to. So uh, each week we do our nod of approval. And Dave, what gets your nod of approval this week? Well, obviously, um, you know, collectively you and I can nod at the fact that Monday Night Raw, the Triple H Brock Lesnar segment, and the John Cena CM Punk match – gets a collective nod from all of us because it was all fantastic. Um, as the week went on, I didn't really find too much. However, I was watching Impact the other night, and uh, it was a solid show for the most part. Um, and at the end, Kurt Angle um, decided to storm the Aces and Eights clubhouse by himself. Well, I should say he brought a cameraman with him, and he was you know, looking to tear into a few of them. And he got he got a hold of one of them, and uh, he hit him over the head with a bottle, and then he pulled the mask off. And when he pulled the mask off, you know, he was like, oh, my God, how could you do this, man? Why, why? 
But the camera didn't cut to who it was. And then they should they continue to show the aces and eights beating up on Kurt Angle. I thought that was pretty cool that they didn't just cut right away and they left you with a cliffhanger at the end of the show that's going to get you to watch next week because, quite frankly, in my opinion, this aces and eights storyline really hasn't um, been all that interesting in the past few months. Um, it's kind of lost some steam, and I think, you know, it was a smart move on TNA's part to give the viewers something to look forward to next week. Who's this guy that Kurt Angle unveiled? And apparently, from what I'm reading, it was the vice president of the motorcycle club. So hopefully it's um, it's a name that could live up to a title like that. Uh, we'll have to see what happens. But uh, I just thought it was a smart move on their part to do that. I don't think it was smart for, you know, Kurt Angle to go in there by himself, you know, kayfabe. But, uh, you know, uh, other than that, uh, that's really that's really all I saw this week, and that's what, that's what gets my TNA's just, you know, overall planning of the storyline uh, in the segment gets my nod of approval. Yeah, I thought it was good, too, and it, it's good, you know, kind of old-school wrestling, kind of storytelling and uh, getting that cliffhanger uh, out there. And I know we didn't talk, uh, you know, much about TNA, if at all, tonight, but uh, that definitely was a good segment, and, and uh, yeah, Ace and Ace definitely needs some juice. They need to do something, and uh, that was cool. It was a cool way to end it. It was cool to, you know, the way they ended it with, with Angle, because Angle saw it, but he didn't get away. So... Uh, Good stuff. Good stuff by uh, TNA. And I, I thought Impact was a solid show. I thought this week in wrestling, uh, you know, across the board, I mean, things went from, you know, at best to great and at worst, it was good. You know, I, there wasn't a lot this week that, uh, you know, was absolutely terrible. So I thought it was, it was a good, solid week to be a, a pro wrestling fan. Uh, going over to our Facebook page, um, KJ Len, actually, he gave his nod of approval to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, he manned up and showed us that he doesn't need punk to look tough. Also, he's the best orator in the WWE since Roddy Piper. So there's uh, KJ Len giving us his nod of approval. Thanks a lot, KJ, for letting us know. And that's a, that's a you know, I'm, I, it's not a bad nod. I mean, there's a, you know, it was good. So, uh, but my nod, kind of coming off of our uh, last conversation, um, my nod approval this week goes to Fandango. I kid, I kid. He's not getting a nod. Thank God. <laughs> I just like saying it. Um, you know, it's funny, though, with Fandango, I just keep thinking about the, the, the movie ticket thing. Every time he says his name, I'm like, you know, there's the, there's a movie ticket thing to get, but whatever. My nod approval this week goes to John Cena. John Cena gets my nod. Uh, you know, with all the criticism he gets, and, and you know, like you said, Dave, there's so many. I could have given it to the segment in the beginning. I could have just, you know, like KJ gave it to uh, uh, Heyman. I mean, there are a lot of... Uh, Places to go with the nod. Obviously, uh, your nod TNA was a, was a good spot, but uh, you know, with, with what John Cena is, and, and you know, I, I don't think we can, you know, understate or overstate what he he goes through as a as a as a human being. And I and I would think like everything he does. I mean, I know he's a millionaire, and I know that's that's cool, and I'm sure that helps him deal with a lot of stuff. But 
you know, like to, to do what he does and continue to just get booed and criticized, uh, you know, unduly or unfairly, uh, it's got to wear on a guy. And, uh, you know, for him to, to uh, you know, and it's it's wrestling and, you know, people got to work with each other. And, uh, you know, he's John Cena and he's the the darling of the company. And, you know, there have been a lot of divas in all walks of entertainment and people who decide to put their foot down and say, I'm not doing that. And, you know, not that he would have, but, you know, behind the scenes, who knows what would have happened if John Cena said, I'm not dropping that match to The Rock. Um, Who knows if John Cena just said, you know what, I'm not losing the title to CM Punk. Um, But he gets the business, and, and he did what was right for the business at the time, and you know, kayfabe speaking, he he had a bad year in 2012. And, uh, you know, to come out in 2013 and, and win the Rumble and then have the match that he had on uh, Monday Night Raw, a, a tremendous. Because he's a guy that is going to be criticized a um, hundred times more than, than anyone else on that roster. Um, you, you know, I mean, more often than not, CM Punk's uh, flying elbow is ugly, but it gets a pass. If John Cena tried to throw a tribute to Randy Savage in and the elbow wasn't perfect, well, that's all you'd hear about is how awful his elbow is. So, you know, it, sometimes it's almost like, you know, John Cena can't just have a good match. It almost has to be better because... People are just people are sitting there looking to what they can criticize him on, and and uh, to come through like that on on Monday night, uh, tremendous job by John Cena. And I really the whole thing, I really got a kick out of when he was walking to the back. He looked at the camera and said, "I'm going to WrestleMania because I deserve it." And I just thought I was like, "Yeah, good for you, man." So John Cena gets my nod of approval for this week. Uh, good for him. Great. Great week to be a wrestling fan. And so TNA's uh, Ace and Eights reveal Cliffhanger and John Cena get our nod of approval this week. The Ken Reading Show, nod of approval. And there you have it. Wow, what a show tonight. I mean, we've had wrestle talk, we've had crazy luches, we've had people impersonating other people, we've and we've had very goats. badly, might you add. <laughs> yeah, we had goats, we've had I mean we had just about everything on this week's show. So Taylor good time. <laughs> and this is it. This is our last purely uh you know, this is this is it. Next show, next time you hear us on Tuesday night, we are on Ironbound Radio 1640 Newark. But remember, you can still hear us here. You can go to thekenryshow.com. Uh, you can go to uh, Blog Talk Radio. You can listen to all the places. And you can go to Ironbound's website. My goal, actually, on Tuesday is to crash Ironbound's website. So go there. Support. Continue to support the show. Thank you so much. We hit the AM airwaves this Tuesday. And to kick it off. We got one Mike Johnson, probably the most respected wrestling journalist out there. Uh, he is going to be on the show this week. Maybe he's got some insider tidbits in store. Tune in and hear Mike Johnson helping us kick off our AM radio stint. And then we'll be back next Tuesday, next Tuesday, next Sunday, 
uh, for a lockdown pregame. So we are off and running this WrestleMania season. Thank you guys for supporting us. Keep the calls coming in. Keep the show interesting. Uh, it was a lot of fun tonight. You never know. Dave, you never know what direction we're going to go in. Yeah, I know. I mean, I had so much fun tonight when we get off the air. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. So, uh, yeah, be sure to – and check out the website. Remember, we got a new blogger who just joined in. So go and read Tony's blogs, or you can read uh, The Jones. Got two blogs up there now, some interesting stuff, so be sure to check that out. Thank you so much. We will see you on Tuesday night on the AM dial. For Dave, I am Ken Reedy. Thank you so much. Good night, everybody. <laughs>